Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You have the right to remain silent. Anything you say can and will be used against you in a court of law. You have a right to an attorney prior to or during any question. You can't afford one. The court will point one for you. Do you understand your rights? And the wolf is at your door. You're running so that's for sure. You already knows all about you. Cut you down. Biden, welcome to this episode of Real Life, Real Crime, the podcast. As always, I'm your host, Woody Overton. And today, I'm going to be pulling one out from the Patreon Convict Vault, a previous locked up episode, I think from last June, called Dogs. And uh, I want to thank all the Patreon and Convicts um, you know, for making this show run. You are getting your new bonus episode locked up on this same date. So I'm out, actually going to be out of town um, on Tuesday when the, when this drops, but I'm, I'm pulling one from the vault, but replacing the one in the vault and adding an additional one in the vault. So Patreon Convicts, you will be getting your new locked up episodes, plural, this week before the end of the month. Um, just want to tell everybody that I love them and appreciate them and thank you so much and this is just an old school story about man's best friend all right so one night I was working criminal patrol or uniform patrol for the Livingston Parish Sheriff's Office and I was sitting in Springfield backed in um, at the police station uh, um, a lot of times late at night or, or if I was trying to catch up on reports you know if you're old Friday, Saturday, Sunday, right? That's your long weekend. That's what they call it. Shit, you, I mean, you're rolling call to call to call. And each call you go out on, you give the people a file number. Well, and your business card, right? With a file number written on the back. And they, they probably got some electronic way to do it now. But I'm telling you how it was back then, 20 plus years ago. So let's say your garbage can gets stolen. I can, I give it do a report and I give you a file number that file number you take that to wherever um, you need you want to get a copy of the report well fuck I got to write a report right so it I may pull 
50 file numbers over the course of the weekend. Well, at the end of the fucking weekend, I got to write 50 reports. So you tried not to pull a file number if you didn't have to, but it, but it happened as part of, part of policing. Um, and that could be anything y'all from, from foot pursuit and arrests, vehicle pursuits to burglaries to murder, whatever. It doesn't matter. You you got to pull a file number. So the problem is, again, you got to keep up with that shit. And policing doesn't end like when you arrest someone. Uh, Mr. Kearney used to say all the time, shit, anybody can go out there and arrest somebody for breaking the law. It's the follow through. It's getting the conviction or the follow through on the, the investigation, whether somebody it's somebody's car got broke into or whatever. You know, going and running the prints and actually turning the fucking prints into the state police crime lab so they can be compared, right? A lot of times people go out and slap the dust around, pull prints and take them and they never send them in. Well, you know what? The people, they never send them in unless the, um, the complainant calls and is bitching to the sheriff, what's, whatever happened with my car. And that's just the way that was. But, to be a full, well-rounded cop, you need to do everything from the file, you know, responding on the scene to whatever it may be, to giving the file number to actually writing the report, which is where everything happens, right? If you go on a court, everything that's important is in the report. And shit, a lot of times, and sometimes sometimes I would forget or, or maybe lose something or whatever, but... I can't tell you, especially when I'm in detectives, the phone calls that I would get from citizens, and they'd be like, "Oh, uh, they said you could, you're going to be handling my case," and I'm like, "What's your what's your name?" And they give me their name. Fuck, I don't have it. And and I'm so, well, who did you talk to? Oh, deputy such and such. And and here's my file number. Well, fuck, I get the file number. I put them on hold. I called the radio room. And they were like, "Yep, they." went out to such and such. It was a rape, whatever it may be. They went out to this rape at such and such time. And, and this is the file number. This is the complainant. Right. So then I got to get back on the phone. Oh, I have to call the deputy who supposed to wrote written a report. I got to track this fucker down and be like, Hey man, I got this person screaming, uh, you know, about their, the crime that was committed against them. And what the fuck's your report? Right. Almost every every day, some assholes, and it's getting a bad bad in every profession. But assholes that just won't want to take the chance and not writing a report. Anyway, uh, um, reason I'm telling you this is, I love to be hunting people, and I hate it to sit somewhere. I I wasn't one of the cops who went hung out at the Waffle House or bullshitted and, and stuff like that. You know what I mean? The, the, of course, sometimes I would pull over to the side and, and shoot the shit with other cops. And that was a big no, no too. The, the, the sheriff didn't want to see you, uh, two blue and whites parked together. That was a big fucking no, no, cause it's a bad public perception, right? The public sees the cars together and the thing was lazy ass cops are not doing anything, but I didn't really do, do that anyway, unless it was late at night and we we're in, bank parking lot or something like that but um on this evening i'll never forget it, it was a sunday evening i was backed in facing the roadway and i was actually writing reports catching up right jamming out my reports going through my i used to carry a little notepad with me when i get out on the scene take the people's name date of birth address phone number 
what happened. You know, if there was something I needed them to write down, I would give them a witness statement form and I'd get it. And then I shit, I had to make my report and turn in. So I'm, I'm neck deep in reports, especially arrest reports. I've been busy. I probably arrested like 15 fuckers that weekend. But I'm sitting back then, uh, monitoring my radio, got my light on in a car, and I'm getting just, just turning dark on a hot, hot summer um, evening, Sunday evening. And I'm, I'm jamming out. Well, I look up, and I see lights coming. Boom, rolling down 22 medical lights, fire truck lights, uh, I mean, ambulance, and then a fire truck, and then I saw a whole bunch of first responders. And I was on TAC 2, right? The the parish was split radio-wise, TAC 1 and TAC 2. TAC 1 being the um, east the west side of the parish and tech two being the east side where I was. So I was on tech two and I, I'm looking at all these guys that are boom, 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 right in front of me down main street in Springfield, which is like 10 miles an hour or some shit like that. Right. And so finally I picked up the mic and I said, three, six, one, two, five, nine. I said, they said, three, six, one, go ahead. And I said, what do you, what do you got going on in Springfield? You, um, and they said, stand by. And they came back and they said, we got a medical, uh, a medical emergency. I'm like, okay, 10 4. Uh, uh, that's it, right? I go back to writing my report. Now, if a medical emergency came out, they didn't bother that on our, on our radio channels because we were so busy, right? We were jamming. You didn't want to be out on a call or foot pursuit and then calling and somebody was having a heart attack and send the fire trucks and then all the fire volunteer firemen and shit get on there and the paramedics and they got their own channels and shit. That's what I'm telling you. But our dispatch monitored all that. So they would have been listening to that out of the right ear while listening to us um, the rest of the way. So anyway, I go back to writing a report about two minutes later, my radio goes off two, five, nine, three, six, one. I said, I grabbed it. I said, go ahead. 1071. And it said, we need you to respond to that medical. I said, well, where's it at? And I said, what do you got? I mean, I'm thinking in my brain, I don't usually go to medicals, right? It's not my jam. And uh, they told me where it was out, out in Lizard Creek, and, which is really rural. But told them what the address was. And I said, what is it? What do you have? And they said, you just need to get there. Um, you need to respond. I was like, strange, right? And I wasn't that far away. I was like 10 minutes away. And so I jam out to Lizard Creek, pull up. It's really rural, like super, super country. This is the only road that goes in and it dead ends down at the river. Uh, um, or you can take a right off on Fire Tower Road. But anyway, going down and I see all the lights and all the, uh, it was, like I told you, it just got dark. I just got dark. At the, um, so I can see all the lights in the distance. I pull up, I get out, and I walk up, and um, they're getting the the stretcher out of the back of the ambulance. It was like it was a gravel driveway. It was an older style home, and I could hear a dog barking in the back. It was a brick. It was a nice home. The grass was cut, but um, so I'm walking down. They said they said they're in the in the kitchen. Go around the back, and so I'm walking around the back, and I see the fire chief coming out and he's a great guy he's been there forever uh, uh i see him coming out and, and i said Brian, what do you got he said man he said man it's bad he said you're not gonna believe this shit and, um he said it's a dog attack i said what 
And he said, that dog right there, and this there's there's this high fence, y'all, like a six-foot fence, chain-link fence, and there's this big fucking Rottweiler. Like, this dog must weigh 200 pounds. It was a monster, and it kept jumping at the fence. I mean, it was hitting. It was, like, rearing up the fence, like, trying to get through. I'm like, this, he said, don't worry, he can't get out. They, uh, the owner got it locked up. And, but this dog was going, whoa, 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 wham, and it kept hitting the fence, hitting the fence. And I'm about six feet away, and, and he's to my right. The back door of the house, Brian had just come out. The fire chief had just come out. It was to my left, and that dog was just pounding the fence. And um, he said, you just got to go see. And so I walk up, and I take the left to go into the kitchen door. Meanwhile, the dog is literally like three feet away on the other side of this fence, like just trying to get to me, going raw, 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 raw. And just, I'm like, to the point where I had my, my hand on my pistol. You know, I was, I was fearful, but I still didn't know what happened. And I look in the back door, I take my first step, the back door was open, and the EMTs and the paramedics are with an elderly female. And i never forget this. I, and if I told this story before, I bet you can go back and it's exact. I'm saying exactly word for word. The I go in, the husband's in there. He's an old man, uh, probably late 70s. And I mean, and he's crying. He's all upset. And he was like, the dog attacked her, the dog attacked her. I'm like, and I look at her and they're working on her. She's sitting up. They're working on her. And on the top of her head, you could see holes. She had, I think, gray hair or grayish white. You could see holes where brain was sticking out on the top of her head, right? That's pretty bad. You know, I'm like, holy shit. And like, I guess the dog is from where the dog's mouth clamped down on top of her head and the teeth tore back through the skull and left the brain out. Now that was pretty bad, but I can handle it. Right. I'm there to do a job. But at the same fucking second, they lift up the back of her hair. I mean, it was, but there was blood everywhere anyway, but they lift up the back of her hair. And I swear to you that the back of her neck down her spinal column you could see her fucking spine. You could see her neck. The dog had ate it away. I don't know how this lady was alive, and I, I found out uh, later on that she did die from this. But the the when they lifted that hair up, and you could literally, I could see her vertebrae and on the uh, and her neck and her spinal column. It was all the meat was gone. And anyway, they were loading her up. Uh, hurrying up and then the stretcher got in. I helped him get the stretcher in the door. They loaded him up and get out. But I'm talking to the husband and I got his name and everything. And I said, man, I said, what happened? And he said, he was crying. He was so upset. He said, we raised that dog since it was a puppy. We got it when it was a puppy. But we've had it for like, I think like seven or eight years, y'all. He said, we were out working in the yard. And the dog was out like it always is during the daytime. And it was getting dark. And he said, I told my wife, I said, baby, put up whatever the dog's name was, Cujo. I can't remember what his name was. But said, baby, put up, put up the dog. And so she got the dog by the collar and was walking it to the pen where it was outside jumping at the fence. Walking to the pen, he says she tripped and she fell. He said when she fell, 
the dog just went ape shit and attacked her. Just like started eating her alive, literally. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. He said it freaked me out. He's crying when he's telling me this. He said it freaked me out. He said, I ran over. I said, I didn't know what to do. He said, I saw hunks of meat flying. The dog's just ripping her head and her back and everything apart. He said, I grabbed a hold of it. I still eat while he's eating my wife. He said, I would pull him as hard as I could. And I was able to get him to stop for like maybe a second or two. And then I didn't have the energy anymore. And I would have to let go. And he said, as soon as I did, meat started flying again. He was just raw, 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 tearing meat, throwing, throwing skin. He said, and we raised that son of a bitch since it was a baby, a baby. Figured that one out, y'all. And finally, he was able to, uh, he, he kicked it in the head or something, and it broke loose. And he he laid down on his wife and uh, protected her, and he called 911. I remember how all that worked. But they were able to get the dog into the fence. And I, t- I told the husband, I said, what are you going to do with the dog? I mean, obviously, you know, I'd always heard, like, a dog, once it gets a taste from human blood, they're like, fuck it. They want it all the time, right? But this dog while she was in the kitchen, was still trying to get to her, was attacking the fence. And if he could have got to that fucking fence, he'd have got her again, I'm telling you. Um, he was like, he said, kill that motherfucker. He said, I, I mean, what else are you going to do, right? So the, but we couldn't do that. And I called whoever supervised, and I told them what I had, and they came out, and, and they were like, man, fuck, you know, um, what did we do? But there was, um, I think it was one of the son-in-laws or somebody showed up and we, we told them then, of course they were crying upset and or maybe it was the son, but they were crying upset. And he's like, fuck that. He said, and I mean, I said, I said, your dad wants some shot. I said, we can't shoot him. You know, we just can't, even if he gives us permission, unless it's a threat to us, he said, fuck, I can shoot it. And he went inside and he got a gun and that dog was, trying to get to him through the fence. I mean, this fucking dog lost his mind. I don't know if it had rabies or whatever the fuck. It was out, it was out of control. I've never seen anything like it. 
and he put the rifle through the fence and he shot it once in the head and killed it. Uh, uh, um, I know that it, it was packaged up and taken uh, to be tested at LSU for rabies. I don't ever know what happened. We can go figure that right. And then she ends up dying from it. And they've been married like a long time, like 50 years or something like that. So that story always sticks with me. Uh, I'll never forget when they, you know, I saw the holes on the top of the head and the brain. And I thought, hmm, that's pretty bad. Right. But then when they lifted her hair, see her whole spinal column. I mean, like, like the skeleton in your science classroom, white. It's just fucking crazy. All right. I'm going to tell you one more. And then I'll save it. I have a really good one, but it's, it's too long to do today. And I, I'll, I'll put it up for y'all for next time. It's, it's dog related. But I'm going to tell you this one. And this is true, too. It's a uh, sip my tea. Just give you a different perspective on how things roll. And I was in, I was in detectives. Um, I got called out. It was nighttime. I'm trying to think it was like fall time, like October or something. It was, uh, it was a little bit of a chill in the air. And I got called out on a, I think a molestation case at a house way out in the country. Uh, um, in Holden, up above Holden, Louisiana. And so I was the detective on call, no big deal. And I, I roll out to it, and not in a big rush. The shit had already happened. I'm just handling my detective duties. Now, I didn't have my partner with me because when we work nights, either I would take the first part and he would take the second part or vice versa, right? And I never call my partner out unless it was a murder or a rape or something that a whodunit that I needed help on. Or it was going to be an acute political emergency in eight. But this wasn't. It was a you know, standard molestation deal. And um, I called it. The, I had been paged, and I called, and they told me. And then, But I was on the way there, and I, um, I pulled in. I saw this fucking dog in the yard, like this black. I, it wasn't. It, it was a non-breed. I don't know what you call that. Not a half-breed, whatever. Um but it was a big dog and it was running around the yard and I pulled up and I called out on my microphone and I said, uh, 201-259-1097. And they said, 201. I said, yes, go ahead. And they said, they called the complainant called back and said to be aware of a, of a big dog that's running around the yard. It's not theirs. I'm like, all right, whatever. I saw the dog. I mean, I've been doing this shit a long time. Now look, there's, we had to kill dogs on on uh, SWAT team entries, like guard dogs, and that's a story for another day. I've I've had to to do shit that you don't want to do, right, or deal with. I love dogs. We raise English Springer Spaniels. I mean, as at twice a year, I have probably fucking thirty dogs on my house between the puppies and the mamas and stuff. Uh, the I have two different mamas that give litters at the one month apart, twice a year. So I love dogs. Had one my entire life. Would never hurt a dog. Fuck, sometimes you got to do what you got to do. If it's at the end of the day and it comes to me being like that old lady and getting ate the fuck up or me having to shoot a dog, I'm going to kill a fucking dog. But anyway, I didn't really think too much about it. So I get out. I go to get out and I look around and I didn't see the dog. 
And uh, okay, okay, so this was in the country, nobody around. There was one like safety light. All right, so it wasn't real well lit. Was, like the shadows were to the left side of my car, the safety light was to the right. And I get out, I'm looking for the dog now, right? I go up to this old wooden house and I go up on the porch, up on the steps on the porch, and it's, the porch is dark, there's no light. And I knock on the door and, um, uh, they opened the door and I, they said, did you see the dog? And then I heard, I heard it. And then I looked and the dogs come running and I was like, fuck, I shut the door. And I'm like, what's, what's up with the dog? And, and they're like, we have no idea that, but it threatened one of my kids earlier today. And then um, after we called you to come out, we saw, it, uh, or my husband saw it was back in the yard and he told me to call back in to tell y'all, you know, cause this, tried to attack one of our kids today and but it's not our dog and it doesn't have a collar on blah 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 I'm like all right whatever and the um i'll be aware of it when it goes out so i take the information on the molestation you know the kid whatever it, it, the when you go out on molestation calls like that they you get the information about the child crying out and what they said then you tell the parents, hey, look, I don't want you to ask the kid any more questions. That If they want to talk about it or whatever, you can listen to them, but don't ask them anything. You immediately set up a CAC interview, a Child Advocacy Center interview, a uh, forensic interview, where they go in and you're monitoring through um, closed-circuit television, and you watch the interview, and the kid says that something did or didn't happen to them. And based off that, you, you work your case. But it started with you had to go out and interview the family, all right? So you tell the family, you know, don't. We're going to have to do the CAC after that. Y'all can get the counsel, whatever whatever it may be. I said, but don't ask me any more questions because the defense attorney is going to say you coached them, blah, 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 blah. So anyway, I'm doing that. I call OCS from there. Then I call, um, got the CAC scheduled, and I got them their file number and all that. And the child was not. <clears throat> and in any imminent danger, this person wasn't even like in the state. Uh, uh, this child was crying out much later on against a family member. Uh, uh, so day at the office, right? I get, I get, I get ready to leave and turn and I, uh, they tell me bye. And I go and walk out the fucking door. I'm looking for the dog. I don't see him. And I go and I put my hand on the fucking car door. Now I had my y'all when in detectives. I would normally if we were at the office, I'd wear a, a tie and slacks and a button-down shirt. If I, if I went out in the field or if I went to court, I'd put a jacket on, you know, sports coat or whatever. Mm, you work at nights, not so much. But I had on slacks and a button-down shirt and a belt, and then my pistol naturally, right, and my badge on, my, on the front of it. So the I reached my car door. With my left hand, I'm opening the motherfucker, and I I hear raw, and I look to my right, split second, coming down the side of my unmarked unit was that fucking black dog, and at a full run, and one of the things they train you, one reason the cops train over and over and over at the firing range, is you go back to muscle memory. That's what they call it. When the sugar turns to shit, you don't have time to think about what happens. Your brain automatically does what you've been trained to do. So one of the one of the positions on the firing line is that you have to qualify every year, right, to to carry your weapon for the state. Um, 
we had to qualify twice a year because Willie was a firearms instructor and he believed in that. And then being on the SWAT team, we had to qualify four times a year. So, but one of the, one of the, the firing positions is from the two yard line, you, you stand in what they call the interview position, which you're belated, uh, left shoulder, a little bit forward, right shoulder, just a little bit back, hands up, like almost in the diamond steeple, like Mr. Kearney used to do behind the desk, put your fingers together in, in a diamond steeple like that, and right foot just a little bit back behind your left foot. It's a blade. In case somebody goes to attack you, you if you need to defend yourself, you got your legs centered just a little bit so you have that. If somebody hits you, you have a little bit better balance. If you need to, you know, fist the cuffs right, your hands are already up. If you need to draw like you were doing from the two-yard line, you would draw and fire from the hip. So you you reach down, you draw your pistol, and as soon as you draw, as soon as that motherfucker clears the holster, pow, pow. That's, it, that's what you train. I mean, it's like the old West shit, right? And you had to do it, and you had to do that six times every time you qualified. So pow, 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 as fast as you could do it, right? Holy shit. That fucking dog was coming, and I didn't even have time to think about it. I, didn't have, I had the door part of the way open, and he's coming at me, and I I drew without thinking about it. Muscle memory, right? I drew as fast as I could, and as soon as I drew, he hit my fucking leg and, like, was hit it, taught, knocking my right leg down as I drew the pistol. Now, pow, pow, shot him twice. Uh, and, and he took off running, and he ended up dying. But let me tell you what happened. Motherfucker hit me. When he hit me so hard, he hit, uh, he tried to hit me with his mouth. He did hit me with his mouth. He ripped my fucking pants, but he didn't get my skin. But he, he hit me, and, and because I bladed myself at the last second, when he hit me, it, he his teeth just didn't miss the meat of my leg. And he hit my pants, and I shot. Pow, pow. How the fuck I didn't shoot myself in the foot or the leg, I'll never know it to this day. Never know because it happened so fast, and I literally cleared the holster as he's hitting me, and I'm literally shooting right down. Look at myself. I'm doing it now, y'all. I wish I had this on camera. I literally shot pow, pow that fast, and how I didn't get bit or my skin. I got my pants got ripped. How my didn't get bit. Uh, how I didn't shoot myself in the fucking foot or leg is a miracle. I'll never understand it. But that dog, and I ended up um, being killed. And and so I had to call it in. I said 259. I said shots fired uh, two times. I said, you know, give me a supervisor on the phone, the, the uniform supervisor, to come out and make the report on it. <clears throat> then we had to work like a like a shooting, y'all. I'm very sure it was John Laudermilk who was still supervising then. He came out and we had the dog didn't run that far and then he died. Uh, uh, but, but we did wrap him up and had him taken to the LSU laboratory. And that motherfucker had rabies that, that, that took like a week for the test to come back and had it broken the skin on me. I had to get all those shots in my stomach. So love y'all. I appreciate each and every one of you. I'm Woody Overton, the host of Real Life, Real Crime, the podcast. Until next time or ever, don't let me catch you down on Murder Bayou. Peace.
got the right to remain silent. Anything you say can and will be used against you in a court of law. You got a right to an attorney prior to and during any question. If you can't afford one, the court will want one for you. Do you understand your rights? Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.